come with me. We're going on a fantastic cruise. Pick your destination with news tips and reviews. But here is an item you might not have thought of. All of the things under the water. Nature surrounds us with elegant features. You can't go on a cruise and not see the creatures. So let's make some magic. Let's get ecstatic. Instantly classic. Maybe romantic. The wildlife around you. Cinematic on your fantastic cruise. Bon Beanie, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fantastic Cruising. Matt here. How's everybody doing out there? Everybody doing good? As if I can hear you, right? Well, I have some big announcements today. Some big news coming from the Fantastic Studios here for Fantastic Cruising. Before we get to that, though, I just want to remind everybody that you can find us in all sorts of locations, including on Instagram now, as well as, of course, YouTube and Facebook with the Fantastic cruising community do me a favor please go over and subscribe to our youtube channel we're trying to build that as well as joining that facebook community and if you're on instagram then go check it out it's pretty cool we're trying to figure it out but anyway that's happening we also have some new products on teespring you can get our halloween or day of the dead theme shirts as well as just the fantastic cruising stuff and if you just can't get enough fantastic cruising and you'd like to support us financially, you can go over to Patreon, patreon.com slash fantasticcruising, and that's a good way to support this podcast. All right, enough of that. We are going to get into this big announcement pretty soon. Let me introduce today's co-host, and you're probably going to hear a lot from her in the future because she's not just a guest co-host. She's also a big part of Fantastic Cruising She's the only other moderator currently on the Fantastic Cruising community over on Facebook. She also helps me out with Instagram and does a lot of research for me. It's Kimbra. Say hi, Kimbra. Hey, guys. What's up? Okay, so let's get started. First of all, a big thank you. Last week on the podcast, I mentioned that I was looking for ideas for this Inktober thing that's coming up. If you're not sure about what that is, in October, a lot of artists will do an ink drawing every single day for the month of October. Some people do it once a week, and there's different ways to do it. There's no hard and fast rules. We're artists, not sports people. But anyway, I just want to say thank you because you guys, man, you guys gave me so many different things to choose from. Now that post is still up on the Fantastic Cruising community. So if you have an idea for a prompt of what I should draw, I'm asking for things that are cruising related, nautical related, Halloween related. And the best ones I've seen are some combos of those. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick out 31 of my favorites. And then my plan is to do what I've done the last two years. And that is to do an ink drawing every single day. It's a marathon for 31 days and that'll happen in October but uh, I don't know what what do you think about that Kimber are you ready for Inktober I think I'm gonna enjoy watching you draw you're not gonna draw I will probably attempt one and when it fails I will watch you draw oh now you guys know that I like to teach drawing so we'll see if we can get Kimber to draw too and by the way I know we have some other artists in the fantastic cruising community and look I think you're all artists out there art is just a it's just something it's just a skill that you learn so if you guys want to participate with me 
You don't have to commit to a drawing every day, or you can. I mean, do too. Show me up. But anyway, if you do want to participate, absolutely do that. You can post your drawings. I'll probably put a post of Inktober drawings going on the Fantastic Cruising community, as well as sharing them on Instagram. And I'll probably use a hashtag Inktober2019, but I may do something like hashtag Inktober Fantastic Cruising or something to sort of, you know, differentiate a little bit. Anyway, that is going to be a lot of fun. So thanks again for all the suggestions. And I'm looking forward to seeing some more because, man, you guys are knocking it out of the park. Oh, there's a sports reference from the non-sports guy. Now, like I said, stay tuned for a big announcement coming up in this episode. But, you know, no spoilers. We're not we're not going there yet. I do have an announcement, though. I am going on a trip. In fact, Kimber and I are going on a trip. Where are we going, Kimber? We are going to Indiana and Missouri. Indiana and Missouri. Why in the world would we go to Indiana and Missouri? Well, I'm from Indiana, um, but my stepsister is actually getting married. So we're going to go watch her get married. Okay. That that sounds like something we're going to do. We're going to go to Indiana. I've never been to Indiana. Um, did I say just Indiana? I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm talking about. We're going to Indiana road trip, and uh, we're going to see her sister get married and maybe do a couple things in that area and then we are getting in the car and we're driving over to Missouri that's right it's not Missouri it's Missouri people and we're going over to Missouri and we're going to visit Mama Sandy Mama Sandy Mama Sandy yeah we're going to go see Mama Sandy on the farm and all of her hummingbirds and 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 Mama Sandy you guys that don't know that's my mom I mean that's probably obvious but anyway she like I don't know. She's like the hummingbird whisperer, and she gets all these hummingbirds that come to her porch every year. I think she said they'll still be there. Um, sometimes she has, I'm not exaggerating when I say she has like hundreds of hummingbirds sitting outside. And they, she's like, which which Disney character had all the birds that came to her? Was that Snow, Snow White? Snow White, yeah. My mom's like Snow White. She just like, they come and they land on her finger and they feed from her hand. This is my mother. I mean, I guess that's not, the apple didn't far, fall far from the tree, I guess. So that's not really that big of a surprise. But anyway, we're going to go do that. We're going we're gonna to see some cows and stuff. Cows and stuff. I'm excited about the hummingbirds. I'm hoping that one will come land on my finger. I, I mean, maybe, maybe. They'll definitely let you sit out there and, uh, and watch them. When I was there before, they would not land on my finger because I'm not my mom. And they, they get to know her, apparently, but... You know, if, you, if you're patient enough, maybe they will. We'll see. I'm sure you'll see some pictures and videos on Instagram and Facebook. So there's another reason to go check that out. And then we're going to also enjoy some St. Louis food, uh, St. Louis style pizza, maybe a little gooey butter cake in our future, toasted raviolis, T-Ravs, lots of good food heading our way. I'm glad we're not starting our diet until October. Yeah, we're going to go on a diet then after that it's going to be hard strict diet to to make sure that we can fit into uh any clothes we might need to wear that might be a clue as to the big announcement anyway i'm i'm really bad at giving away secrets so that's what's coming up pretty soon so look for that in the near future and maybe i can even talk mama sandy into a little bit on the podcast maybe you'll hear mama sandy next week on the podcast we'll see what she says now, one more little bit of non-cruise news before we get into the, the meat and potatoes of this podcast. I, I did 
order another product that uh, that I got hooked on thanks to some of our Australian listeners, and that's Vegemite. Am I saying that right, guys? Vegemite? And uh, yeah, I had some of this, and I, I didn't get to keep it, so I got a new little tube through Amazon. Gotta love Amazon, and I can't wait to try it. So I don't know if you have ever had Vegemite out there. Uh, I actually went to this little British shop. I know it's Australian. We don't have an Australian shop, but they have had it in the past. They didn't have it, but they had something called Marmite, which is not quite the same. I bought it. I tried it. It's all right, but it's just no, it's no Vegemite. Um, so I, I got some, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Just speaking of food and stuff, I don't know, Kimbra, are you going to try the Vegemite? I'll try it, but I didn't like the Marmite, so I'm not real sure how that's going to go. But it's different. It's not It's not the same thing. It's Vegemite, not Marmite. Marmite. I don't know. Is Marmite British and Vegemite's Australian? I don't know. I just know about Vegemite from the old um, Down Under song by Men at Work. Do you know that song? I don't know that song. No. Do you come from the land down under? He just smiled and gave me a Vegemite sandwich. And I said, oh, you come from the land down under. Yeah, yeah. And she's, no, she doesn't know that song. <laughs> All right, anyway, you guys know that song, right? Men at work, come on. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to eating Vegemite as well as St. Louis-style pizza. I think that's really the moral of the story here. I don't know if that's really a moral, but it is the point I was trying to make. All right, well, today's episode, the, the meat, as I like to say, of the epi- of this episode, we are talking Bon Air. Bon Air, the B of the ABC. ABC, it's the Bon Air. It's the B, Bon Air, Bon, bon Air, Bon Air, Bon, Bonnie. Anyway, you know that I like to say Bon Beanie. And Bon Beanie is a word that is used in all three of the ABC islands. It is part of their language, Papiamentu, which is sort of a, a mixture of Creole and Spanish and several other things that is kind of a, the common language that's spoken. Most of the people in the ABC Islands also speak English as well as Dutch. So we're talking about this one part of the ABC Islands, Bonaire. So, Kimber, what can you tell us about Bonaire? So Bonaire is part of the Netherlands, about 50 miles off the coast of Venezuela. Um, The total area is probably about 114 square miles, and that's including the island uh, Klein Bonaire. Um, The population is about 18,900. That's pretty cool. Now, have you been to the ABC Islands at all? I have not, um, but I think it'd be pretty cool to go. I heard snorkeling's cool there. So here's the thing. Okay, I've not been to Bonaire. I've been to the A and C islands, but I haven't gotten a B yet. So when I was a kid, I was into scuba diving. Big surprise, I know. And I had I got these magazines called Skin Diver magazines, and uh, they often featured Bonaire in the as the main story. The covers were often from Bonaire. Turns out Bonaire is like this uh, supposed to be this amazing scuba diving island. Partly because I think starting in like the 1970s, they really, the government really protected the coral reefs that are fringing around this island. So that's pretty cool. I mean, 1970, that was pretty advanced for that time, (laughs) protecting the coral reefs. I mean, we were just getting to the Endangered Species Act and stuff like that, figuring out we had to protect things on the planet. And, uh, And they were ahead of the game, I guess, compared to other places. So 
it's supposed to be pretty spectacular. So we wanted to really look at Bonaire and some of the things that we would want to do if we went to Bonaire. Now, this is not going to be the all-encompassing guide to Bonaire because we just kind of chose a few things that were our favorites that we were like, oh, I'd really like to do that. I'd really like to do that. And spoiler alert, most of mine are going to have to do with underwater. But I don't, I don't want you to think that there's nothing to do on land in Bonaire because all the ABC islands have a very unique ecology to them. Unlike most of the Caribbean, which is sort of tropical or subtropical, Bonaire, Aruba, and Curaçao are all sort of arid desert type of climate. So that makes them very unique. If you see videos from there or you visit, obviously, you'll see like big cactuses and that sort of thing. So pretty interesting stuff. Now, really what we did is we just went to the Carnival website and we just looked up the Carnival offered excursions to Bonaire. And I know some of you are like screaming at the podcast thing that you listen to right now. Like, no, I don't do excursions through the cruise line. Okay, fine. Fair enough. But uh, this is just kind of my starting point. This is how I always start to look for excursions. I start with the cruise line. And then I see what's available. I watch some YouTube videos. I kind of get the lay of the land in the water. And then I kind of go from there and decide whether I want to go with the cruise line or outside of the cruise line. And that's a whole other episode of what makes me decide one way or the other. But basically, that's what we did. Kimber and I both did this kind of separately and kind of together. And uh, this is some of the stuff that we found out. Um, so they do a lot of things like glass bottom boats and kayaks. Um, they have ATVs, Jeeps, um, city tours. Um, so that's some of the stuff that can be done if you don't want to be in the water. Um, they have quite who, a few. Wait, who doesn't want to be in the water? Well, I don't know, but they offer them. So clearly some people do. Okay. All right. Maybe they just got a tattoo or something. That's virgin voyages. What are you doing? Uh, anyway. All right. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Um, So then they also have, of course, for the people that want to be in the water, they have snorkeling, scuba diving. um, Now you're speaking my language. Yeah. Beaches. Yeah. Lost me there a little bit. Anyway, I mean, I'm not against beaches. I'm not like an anti-beach person. It's just that when I go to the beach, I'm just usually walking over it to get into the water. That's usually my main goal of being at the beach. It's not for the sand. I do enjoy, you know, walks on the beaches and sunsets and all that stuff. I'm not saying I don't, but anyway, I'm not going to Bonaire to go to the beach. I'm going to Bonaire to go to the Coral Reef. I've got beaches here. I live in Florida. The beach is everywhere. We went through this list and I came up with a lot of underwater snorkeling, scuba diving things so hopefully Kimber came up with some that were, were not in that ballpark. Is that accurate? Um, everything that I saw that I would want to do was also snorkeling things. Oh. So, yeah. Well, I guess we're going to be talking about underwater stuff. Oh, darn. Oh, darn. <laughs> All right, this is what we did. After we looked at these excursions on the Carnival website, we kind of started seeing... Some similar things and uh, with the snorkeling and scuba diving like places. So we decided to do a little bit more research and we looked at snorkeling specifically in Bonaire. So what we found out is that there are a lot of places to scuba dive and snorkel in Bonaire. And uh, there's there's places all around the island. The island is kind of shaped a little bit 
like Florida? A, yeah, yeah. It's, it looks a little <laughs> bit like Florida. I'm, we're looking at a map right now, and I'm, I'm thinking Florida, like a shorter Florida, like Florida in cold weather. Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, so there's there's different places that you can snorkel or dive here. And um, the island Klein that you mentioned is a small island that's sort of in the, what you, we would call the armpit of Florida. And if you can imagine the peninsula shape of Florida, it's kind of tucked in there. And so... All around the whole island is a coral reef, a fringing coral reef. But a lot of this protected marine park, I think, is right around this Klein Island. And there's a lot of snorkeling spots in that area. Now, it's an uninhabited island, so you have to get there by, like, a water taxi or go by an excursion. Um, There are some places along the shore that you can just walk in and snorkel or dive. But it looks like most of those are probably better for diving. I'd probably be okay, but I think they're kind of deep. So one of those places is called A Thousand Steps, which sounds like a lot of steps. But apparently it's about um, 70 or so steps of limestone. So about 930 shy of a thousand. Yeah, which is really good news because a thousand (laughs) is a very large number and I don't want to go on those. Every journey begins with the first single step. But not a thousand. (laughs) so anyways some of the reviews that i saw were talking about it was really good snorkeling but it got really deep um so it sounded like maybe better for diving oh i thought you meant there was like talking about life the universe and everything really deep that's only if there were 42 steps oh look at that boom yeah so so deep is good for me um i like to free dive and i i like to have depths of maybe 30 40 feet is kind of my comfort zone i can go deeper than that but really i i enjoy snorkeling probably in the 10 to 20 foot range for the majority of it and then i like to have a few spots where i can just get down underwater but for most people when you even if the water's crystal clear which it's supposed to be in bonaire when you start getting down to 30 40 feet or more you're gonna lose a lot of your visibility not with the details but the color so everything's gonna you're losing your reds and everything's gonna just sort of mute out into a blue color so shallower is going to be better generally speaking for snorkeling so some of the other um locations that i saw was good snorkeling um is a place called carpata on klein bonaire the beach is called no name beach so what's its name no name beach what's the name there's no name well there is a name the name is no name the name is no name okay all right fine bonaire be that way yeah there's also teamo beach i'm sure i'd love that one teamo beach why would you like teamo beach teamo is amo love oh oh love you teamo okay i didn't know that is that spanish it is spanish ah i don't speak Spanish. All right. Anyway, what else we got? Um, so there's also Lock Bay. I think that's how you pronounce it. And Lock Kai. L-A-C-C-A-I-M-O-U-S. No, no. L-A-C-C-A-I. If you know how to say it, then let us know. Lock Kai. I think that's that's right. Now, the thing about Lock Bay and Lock Kai is that they are sort of on the southeastern part of the island. All the other places that we mentioned were on the western part of the island and kind of tucked into that armpit and protected. So some of the things that we read were that if there's 
a lot of wind, which the ABC Islands tend to get a lot of wind, then sometimes the surf can be pretty high and it can be a lot of currents and it can be choppy and it can be challenging to snorkel there. So keep that in mind if you're going to go there. You may want to go to one of those Klein beaches, beaches on Klein, I should say, or one of the ones that are kind of tucked in just for a little bit smoother snorkeling, smoother snorkeling, yeah. Now, one of the things that made me even more excited to snorkel or dive in Bonaire is we were looking at some of these beaches, and specifically, it was that Thousand Step Beach, or as I like to call it, that 70 Step Beach. And they showed some, we saw some pictures and videos of it, and there is some coral. Now, there's different types of corals out there, just like there's different types of fish and things of that nature. Get it? Nature. Anyway, one of the coolest corals that, that I am fond of is staghorn coral and I don't see a lot of staghorn coral in the places that I've gone diving and snorkeling. It is a really cool coral and it's also kind of having issues in a lot of places like a lot of coral but there are these staghorn coral formations that are just crazy and they they look so so cool. I really really want to check those out. And, and there's other creatures there, too. We saw a lot of creatures people were seeing. What kind of stuff do people see in Bonaire? Green sea turtles. Yeah, that's um, popular. Yeah. I hear people like sea turtles, just, uh, you know, from certain poles, anyway. Spotted eagle rays, which are super cool. I'd love to see one of those. We have them at the aquarium where we work. You know well, that, right? yeah, but they're not, like, wild I mean, oh, I they're guess, wild. I guess, oh, I know. <laughs> Those spotted eagle rays. Those wild spotted eagle rays. Yeah, no, no, I know what you're saying, though. It's it's different when you see the animals, like, out in the in the wild, in nature. Yeah, what else we got? Uh, French angelfish. Ha oh, ha. French angelfish. Ha oh, oh. ha. Yeah, I get it. I was trying to come up with something angel-y, but, uh, like, wee. holy. Never wings. mind. They have, they have uh, wings. They have, yeah, anyways. Um... Stoplight parrotfish. Yeah, yeah. You know those? Yes, we used to have those at the aquarium. Those are really cool because they are very colorful, beautiful kind of teal with some sort of pinks and yellows and greens. And uh, that's their what they call their terminal phase, which is the dominant male phase. But um, most of the time you'll see those occasionally, but you'll see what's called the initial phase, which is kind of brown which i know doesn't sound that exciting at first but they have a lot of really cool white intricate markings and some red they're really beautiful fish so also spotted trunkfish great barracuda i once spotted a trunkfish and banded butterfly fish four-eye butterfly fish peacock flounder ah made famous from my video i did a snorkeling video with the cruise geeks on half moon k and I saw like 375 peacock flounder. That may be a little bit of an exaggeration, but not by much. It was There were a lot of peacock flounder. I name them. I number them in the video. So check that out uh, over on the Cruise Geeks YouTube channel. I think it's still there. But anyway, yeah, I saw like 11 or 15 or 20. It was a lot. 375. Yes, minus 360-something. So t- today's the day of exaggeration. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Okay. What else? What else do you see? 
Um, a bluehead wrasse. Very cool. Cute little little buggers. And I think that's it. I'm sure there's a lot more, but that's all that I've got on my list. Those are some of the highlights. And just the fact that almost everything that, that we saw, like reviews and stuff, sea turtles seem to be really commonly spotted. From the pictures and videos I saw, it was mostly green sea turtles, which are really cool. But I did see a couple shots of what looked like hawksbill sea turtles as well. So probably getting both those species. Those are the species I tend to see in the Caribbean are greens and hawksbills. There are other species there, but those are the ones that I just have personally had a lot of experience seeing in the wild. So the question is here, how do we get to some of these places? So there is, as far as Klein Bonaire, so you can do a water taxi. There's some excursions. Some of the other places, I saw people rented cars. I think one took a taxi, but I don't know how popular or available that is. Some of the excursion options were sailboats. There was a Thailand sailboat thing, catamaran, small dive boat. Yeah, there's a lot of options to to get to these places. Uh, If you're on the mainland of Bonaire, then you can, it looks like driving yourself seemed to be the way to go because a lot of these places are, there's no amenities there. So you're not looking at big resorts or anything. It's very natural, which I like about Bonaire, but some people might find that not great. Uh, there's not food places and bathrooms and stuff. So you you probably would have a harder time getting a cab, but I don't know. Maybe if you've been to Bonaire, let us know, fantasticcruising at gmail.com. You know, what's it like catching a cab if you've gone to some of these different spots? But you can do a lot of excursions over to Klein in that area and just out into some of the spaces to dive and snorkel. Or you can take these water taxis, which go over several times throughout the day and apparently are a fairly inexpensive way to get back and forth. The only thing is, you know, you don't want to miss that last taxi coming back to your ship. Otherwise, you're going to have like the Gilligan's Island experience or something, which sounds good on paper, but probably not great in real life. I think I would be okay with a three-hour tour. Well, yeah, a three-hour tour, I guess, might be all right. But if you got to like six hours, I think your chances of missing that last water taxi are pretty good. I guess that's true if you get stranded on the island. Yes, and then it becomes Survivor Bonaire or something. Or Life on Paradise? Maybe. Maybe it would be. I don't. I would like to live there. Can I live in Bonaire? I want to live in Bonaire. I don't even, I've never even been there, and I'm already like, I want to live in Bonaire! Now, we were looking at certain excursions, and that got us kind of on the sidetrack of, you know, what if we don't book through... The cruise line, if, if you go to if you want to go to Bonaire and you're not going to book through the cruise line. So uh, we, we started looking at different options. One of the companies that we saw, this was actually one that I guess Carnival offers, is called Sea Cow, which is actually a picture of a cow on their logo, not a manatee. So I, I don't know if that's intentional or what. But anyway, and their boats look like cows. I mean, they, they're white with black blotches on them. So I think they're really going for like a cow. Anyway, they got really, really good reviews on like TripAdvisor as well as on Carnival. So that's an interesting company. There were some other ones, but I wanted to highlight SeaCow because they did get such glowing reviews in every place that we saw. And also, they offer some really interesting options. Now, Carnival had an option for an 8.30 snorkel or an 11.30 snorkel, but that depends on when, if you're there, when you're there. But if you actually go to their website, they have something called like a twin dip 
snorkel experience. Um, double dip, not twin dip. I'm thinking of ice cream again. Double dip. No, that would be a, anyway. Oh, ice cream. Anyway, <laughs> double dip experience, which is like two snorkels, basically. Two. Well, not you're not using two snorkels. You're actually going to two spots to snorkel, which sounds good to me. Or, and this is really cool, they have a, a sunset night snorkel trip. This looked awesome. It was really cool. I think we watched a video and they had fish that had like bioluminescence. Yeah, they had some kind of fish species that had bioluminescence and they, you could see them. They were scuba diving in that video. But in the snorkel, they give you flashlights. You'd probably still see the bioluminescent fish. It's just you'd be, they'd be below you instead of above you. Still sounds cool. Right? It sounds amazing. So if you're, if you're there to stay or if you're there on a cruise that is going to be there late enough, you might be able to pull off this sunset night snorkel trip. I have gone night diving twice in my no that's not true i've gone night diving four times in my life two times we're in a lake and the other two times we're in the florida keys and uh, i saw the bioluminescence when i was 15 i went diving in the florida keys and we did this thing where we all kneeled down on the sand it was like they told us we were going to do this beforehand so we all kneeled down in a circle on the sand and we turned off our lights and then we waved our arms around and it wasn't the fish it was the different types of plankton that were in the water that when you kind of waved your arms it disturbed them basically and they made their bioluminescent light and it was like the whole it was all dark and we it just the whole area just lit up with these tiny like greenish lights you can also see it like in the wake of the boat certain times of the year if you watch the movie jaws there are certain scenes where you can kind of see the bioluminescence in the wake of the of the uh, orca boat going out there kind of cool anyway that looks amazing. I would love, love, love to do that. So it, the only place that we saw that we really focused in on was this sea cow place. But if if you guys know of any Bonaire places, let us know in an email. Again, that's fantasticcruising at gmail.com. I would love to hear your stories about Bonaire, things you've done in Bonaire, even if they're not snorkeling or scuba diving and uh, different companies that you've used so that we can maybe read those in a, in a future episode and let people know some different options they have outside of the cruising options. Because, you know, we all know if you go through the cruise lines, you're probably going to pay a little bit more. You might have bigger crowds and, and that sort of thing, depending on how long you're going to be there and stuff. It could be, this could be a really good place to go outside of the cruise line because it is such a small island. So your odds of not making it back to the ship, unless you miss the water taxi, are are pretty slim so yeah let us know give us some feedback about bonaire all right well let's move on to the cruise creature it's cruise creature time cruise creatures cruise creatures and now in this in honor of bonaire and in honor of mama sandy we found a, a great cruise creature it is a bird that is indigenous to bonaire as well as parts of south and central america and it is called the banana quit. I don't know why the banana quit. Maybe it, I don't know, maybe it just peeled out too much or something. But anyway, no, I'm sorry. I apologize for that one. But uh, the banana quit is a small bird. It's like a four or five inch bird. And the reason that I'm saying this is in honor of my mom is because my mom, like I said, is the hummingbird whisperer. And, uh, and, 
these birds have something in common with hummingbirds. They like sweets and they have sort of a curved beak or bill. It's not as long as a hummingbird. And these guys can't just like hover and get their food. They've got to, they got to sit down. I understand that. I, I don't like to hover and eat either. I, I got to sit down. You know, I'm not going to the buffet and eating as I go. I got to take that food to a table, sit down and enjoy it. So that's what they do. And they will eat, you know, like nectar and things like that. Occasionally they'll eat an insect or something similar to a hummingbird, but they also like granular sugar. So with hummingbirds, we're usually mixing sugar with water to make sugar water, or as the kids call it, Kool-Aid. And uh, and the, here comes the hummingbirds over to get that. Well, these guys, I guess, like sugar in its purest form. They don't need any of that water mixed in. After all, they live on an island. They got plenty of water. I don't know if that's true. But anyway, well, they, it is true they live on an island. So they, they will come into gardens and stuff, and they apparently get quite tame. So very much like my mom's hummingbirds. Now, the description of these birds, because obviously you can't see the picture I'm looking at, but uh, I'm going to read you a description, and we're also going to post a picture over on Facebook and, and probably Instagram of the banana quit, which is also nicknamed, by the way, the sugar thief or sugar bird, which is hilarious, I think. And they have a pretty distinct look about them. So like I said, they're cute little birds. You know, they're like four inches tall or so, and they sort of have a, a dark back like a black crown and, and then on the sides of the head, they've got these white like eyebrow things. Their throat's gray. They have a white vent, whatever that means, the white bird vent. I don't know what a bird vent is. But anyway, they have a yellow chest, belly and rump. So they're they're cute little birds. They're little yellow and gray birds, little black, little white. They're adorable little things. Even the babies are, are pretty cute. They're a little bit duller, but they have yellow eyebrows instead of white eyebrows, and they and they have a yellow throat. So, you know, cute little creatures. They have interesting nests, too. They sort of build these spherical, round nests, almost like a totally enclosed nest, and then they have, like, a little side door. They're like little bird hobbit holes or something. I don't know. They're they're pretty cute. Apparently, they'll even build their nests in, in like, human structures like lampshades and garden trellises and things like that so adorable birds if you're if you're down in Bonaire look for the banana quit and ask it why it gave up so easily all right do you think we should give them the special announcement or should we make them wait a little bit longer I think they've waited long enough it's probably time I mean to be fair it's a podcast they could just skip ahead if they wanted to so we might as well just do it now and put it right here, because they, if they really were impatient, they could just go to it. That's true. All right. So, our big special announcement. Well, look, John Klinkowski asked me this a few episodes back, two episodes back. I don't know. I've already lost count. And uh, he said, the people want to know, when is your next cruise? Well, guess what? What? We have a cruise. We have a cruise? We have a cruise. I am booked. You are booked. I'm booked. We are booked. We are. We were not booked, which was painful and terrible, but that is over now. We're booked. That's the big announcement. We're not going to tell you. No, I'm just kidding. We are going to tell you where. Of course, you probably figured out one of the places we're going, and that's obviously where. Bonaire. Yeah, Bonaire. We're going to Bonaire. In fact, because I do love the whole 
I mean, I've only been there once, but I loved Curacao and I loved Aruba so much. The whole ABC Island thing just intrigues me. You've never been to any of those places. Nope. So we're going to just do all three of them. Let's do it. We're going to go in October of next year. So it's a bit off. 402 days. The countdown begins. Yes. From the time of this recording, 402 days. We're going to Bonaire. We're going to Curacao. We're going to Aruba. We're not going to Jamaica, Bermuda. No, we're just going to the three ABC Islands. It's on the Carnival Horizon, Yep. which I have not been on. I thought you said you have been on it. I have not been on the Carnival. I've been on the Carnival Vista twice. Okay. I have not been on the Horizon. You have not been on the Horizon. I have not been on the Horizon. You have not been on a ship that big. Nope. You've been, what's the biggest ship you've been on? Um, the Miracle. The Miracle, which is which is a really nice ship. But the Vista and the Horizon and now the Panorama are bigger. Um, I had two very different experiences on the Vista. I mean, I loved both the cruises. But the first cruise was a little meh. And the second time, I really enjoyed the Vista quite a bit. They kind of fixed all the issues I had. The interesting thing about the Carnival Horizon is that I know a lot of people like Dave and Brandy went on the Carnival Horizon. And I know a lot of other people who went on the Vista and kind of were meh on it. A lot of people were meh on the Vista and then went on the Horizon and had a great time, which is really kind of weird because the Horizon is almost identical to the Vista, but it is a ship after it. So they they do have some differences like the, um, the barbecue place instead of the Red Frog Brewery. They do have the brewery on board, but... I guess maybe they just kind of fixed some of those quirks and hopefully ironed out some of those little things. So I am anxious to get on the Carnival Horizon and see what it's like, but I'm way more anxious for this eight-night cruise that's going to have four sea days. Two, I'm so excited about all the sea days. Right? Two in the front, two in the back. That's the best way to do it, in my opinion. And then... We've got the the hits on all the islands. And here's the best part. So Curacao is the last stop. And that is my favorite I've been to so far. We are there from 8 to 5, which is kind of an average stay at a, in a cruise port, you know, about 9 hours. That's pretty good. Sometimes you're not there that long. But when we go to Bonaire, we're going to be there from 8 a.m. until 10 p.m. That's not, a long time. It's a long time. It's not late enough to get us on that night snorkel, which makes me cry real tears. But it is a long time, and it's enough time to see the sun go down and see that ship with all the lights on and, and to see Bonaire in the dark. And then Aruba is 8 until 11 p.m. So we get to see the sunset there, too. Exactly. So I we saw the sunset when I was in Curacao. I did like a sunset trip back and uh, on, a, on a little boat back to the big ship, and it was just beautiful. The sun setting by the ship, oh man, uh, my buddy Charlie took some amazing pictures of that. It was just unbelievably outstanding, so totally psyched about that. And I get to try the, um, the different beers that they brew. There's a few different beers that they brew on this ship which I'm excited about. I know you're not a big beer person, but they have like a smoked porter, and I'm pretty stoked about the smoked porter. I mean, I'll be good with tequila. <laughs> they do have tequila. I'm, I mean, probably. 
And We're not going to Mexico, though, so maybe they won't have tequila. Okay, I'm good with alcohol. They'll have the Aruba Ariba, maybe. Well, they'll have that on Aruba, for sure. Aruba Ariba. That's a good drink. I'll take your word for it. What's in it? <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to look. And, of course, Curacao is not only in the Ireland. It's the blue stuff, right? So, Or you can get it in other colors, too. But that was made famous because it's made on the island of Curacao. So lots of stuff to be excited about. Of course, I'm sure we'll give you more information as we get closer and we'll start to narrow down what we're going to do. So that is why we need you guys to send us some emails if you have been to Bonaire. And we'll get into Aruba and Curacao in later episodes. But if you've been to Bonaire, we're really looking for info on that first just because I have not been there at all and she hasn't been there. So uh, let us know. Fantasticcruising at gmail.com. Okay, now I wanted to get into some snorkeling tips because I told you guys I was going to do that. That's kind of my, I feel like that's kind of my thing is snorkeling and scuba diving. So uh, I wanted to really focus on snorkels themselves. Now, Kimbra, I'm going to use you as sort of my guinea pig here. Um, you have snorkeled before, yes? A couple times, yeah. Okay, and, and what sort of snorkeling gear have you used? Um, so I've used like the regular snorkel and mask. I've also used the full face mask. And we talked about the full face mask. Tony Dials sent that really interesting bit in about his experience with full face mask, which I know a lot of people really enjoy those. What did you think of the full face? I really liked it mostly because I didn't get water in the snorkel. Because <laughs> there really isn't a snorkel. Well, there's sort of a snorkel feature on the top of it. Yeah, but it's different. Yeah, you don't have the like mouthpiece and stuff. So that's actually my, my thing I wanted to talk about with snorkeling is you can buy those full face masks and those do work really well. But let's say that you really want to swim underwater a lot or maybe you just want a different experience, you can get snorkels with different features that help with the water in the mouth a little bit. I mean, one, you want to get a snorkel that is comfortable in your mouth. You don't want a huge mouthpiece if you have a tiny mouth or a tiny mouthpiece if you have a huge mouth. I'm not judging your mouth size, okay? You got to do that on your own, but uh, make a good choice there. Try it and make sure it's comfortable. I don't think you need to break the bank on snorkels. That is the piece of gear that I would say spend the least amount of money on in my opinion, but you do want one that is comfortable. I've had snorkels that were super inexpensive. They work just fine, but they're rigid and they're just not as comfortable in the mouth. But when you do make that snorkel purchase, you can do a few different things. So you can get something called a purge valve, which is below the mouthpiece. And what that does is when you get water in there, you basically exhale to get the water out. Well, the purge lets water out, but not in. So basically, when you blow the water out, it's going through the bottom and through the top. Have you ever used a snorkel with a purge on it? Um, I don't think so. You probably was would know, but, but maybe not. The one that I borrowed from you, does it have one? Um, the black and red one? Actually, I think it might. I mean, I never, when I used that, I didn't get water in it. So you didn't really experience it. I think yeah. that one might have a purge. That's like, I think that's my mom's. But okay. that you use or or it's just a backup that I had. But anyway, that here's my take on the on the purge. I'm not a fan because for me it's like your air is going two different directions and it seems like it's harder to clear the water out. But um, you might be able to get enough water out to breathe quicker. 
So that might be an advantage if you're not as comfortable. But to clear all that water out, I think just a regular tube works better. But that's totally subjective. So you may have a different experience with that. Now, to keep the water out of your snorkel, you can do a couple of things. One, head position is important. And uh, so you want, to, you want to make sure that you are aware of where the snorkel is. If you put your head too far forward or too far up, I should say lean too far up or too far down, your snorkel may actually go underwater and then you're going to get water in the snorkel and you're going to have to clear it. And if you're not prepared for that, you may choke on the water and cough and have an unpleasant moment. So they make these things called dry snorkels. There's a couple different versions. Some of them just have sort of a almost like a cover, like a almost a roof type thing on them, so that if you getting splashed water and stuff, it it's just not. It's like a splash guard. It's going to keep the water from getting out of that, keeping from getting into the tube where it can get into your mouth. And then there's the actual real dry snorkels, which have like a float in them. And when the snorkel goes underwater, that little float floats and closes off the valve so it literally stays dry. It's not gonna get water in there very easily through the upper part of the tube. My experience with these is they're great for keeping the water out, but they're also gonna cut off your air. If you're in like choppy water, you stick your head down, all of a sudden you're like and you can't breathe. And that can be a little bit freaky for people that aren't used to that, aren't expecting that. So again, subjective, my opinion, I don't like them. But some people do enjoy them, so I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm just saying that it's kind of a personal preference thing. So you should probably try some different snorkel types out. But here's here's what I say. This is the foolproof way. I kind of consider all those different features almost like training wheels for learning how to snorkel. Uh, and maybe in certain situations, they will really help you out no matter what. But I think that the, the real way to ditch the training wheels is to just get your technique down for snorkeling. So here's what I do to keep the water out of my mouth. Whenever I snorkel, I hold my tongue up, and I know you can't see me, so I can't really demonstrate this. I hold my tongue up in front of the hole where the air goes in. Kimber's looking at me like, are you gonna do it? Now it looks, it looks weird. It looks, you can laugh at me, it looks weird. And it feels a little awkward at first, but I'm telling you, the more you do this, it just becomes second nature. I do it, I don't even think about it, and I'm basically making a splash guard with my tongue. So every time I inhale, the tongue goes up, and if I happen to get water in the snorkel, or for me, it's usually when I'm coming up from being underwater, and I pop my head up and I wanna clear the snorkel without sticking my head up and taking my mouth off the snorkel and all that stuff, then um, I put my tongue in front of there, and then when I inhale, if I get any water in the snorkel, it's just gonna splash off my tongue, it's not gonna go down my windpipe, and I'm not gonna choke and gag on it. So practice that technique, put the tongue up in front of your mouthpiece, and that is going to save you from getting water down your throat and coughing and just having a little miserable experience. All right, well, we've reached the point of listener questions and stories, and today I do have some questions. And the first one is actually a response to what we covered last week about top 10 things that I consider when choosing a cruise. Hey, that makes a lot more sense now, doesn't it, why I did that one? Anyway, uh, this is Jennifer, and Jennifer said that this is her, her, her response. She said, to A, she picks a cruise that her husband will say yes to. <laughs> and here's the criteria. I don't know if this is 
his criteria or her criteria or both their criteria. I don't know. She wasn't very specific there. But anyway, she only has two criteria. So that's easy, right? That's pretty good. Yeah. Here's the first one. Which cruise will give me the most bang for my buck? I mean, I think that you just summed up about eight of my ten steps in that sentence right there. I should have just consulted Jennifer for that last week because that is really what we're talking about. I want the best bang for most bang for my buck. I'm not I don't have to have the fanciest, biggest, newest ship. I want to get the most for my money. And that may be longer cruise and different ports. All right. And then she said, number two, do the ports offer history, culture, local cuisine, nature and a chance to interact with the locals? So that's a lot. That is a lot, but it's kind of the same thing, like basically being immersed in what that port has to offer. Yeah, and and I think it's really cool. You know, she's looking for that sort of cultural experience. I think that she mentioned the nature, but it sounds like what she's really looking for is to really visit that place. And in fact, she puts a little side note here. That being said, she's not a fan of man-made ports. And I think what she's saying is like, Places like Cozumel, um, Mahogany Bay and Roatan. Um, some of these ports, um, what's the one in Dominican Republic, Amber Cove. These are very cookie cutter, almost like the shopping mall of the cruise port built by a, certain companies. You see all the same stores there. They're, they're neat. They're fun. But they are definitely very generic and not necessarily very reminiscent of the place where you're at and so she wants that actual she wants to visit these places and really see what they're like and I totally get that and respect that I do like Mahogany Bay and the Cozumel port and stuff like that but um, I also really enjoy experiencing the culture and and understanding where I'm visiting and not just seeing you know what they want the average American cruiser to see and and that sort of thing so very cool thank you for that email okay next up i've got jb from lighthouse cruising and jb says he just wanted to ask about snorkeling he wants to go snorkeling and his cruise stops at half moon k in december the only thing is he can't swim very well and he's wanting to know if it's okay to use like a life jacket or is that like a bad idea because he just wants to see some sea life for uh, for his cruise vlogs and hey man i get that because that's like my favorite thing is sea life and cruise vlogs And here's what I would say. Absolutely wear a life jacket. It is fine to do that. Most people that I see snorkeling never dive under the water. And if they do, it's only a couple feet and they're there for like three seconds and then they're back up to the surface. And that's not really accomplishing much. You can float and see plenty of stuff. And if if you need a life jacket to feel comfortable and to be safe, then by all means do that. It's you're still going to have a great experience. And I can tell you, Half Moon K, there is a good percentage of Half Moon K that the water is really shallow. Don't miss the wall. There's a little wall that goes down the side of Half Moon K, and people don't necessarily always pay attention to it because there's they're just, you know, just a rock wall. But if you hang out at that wall, you're going to see a lot of really beautiful fish, mostly like juveniles and also just small species of fish, invertebrates. Lots of cool stuff. And there's a lot of places where you could just literally kind of stand, but you're always going to be better off floating. So even if it's 
two, three feet of water, you got that life jacket on, you're comfortable, you're floating, you're looking at the critters, that's the way to go. Absolutely, I would encourage people to use life jackets, snorkel vests, noodles, safety first, people. And and the biggest challenge to snorkeling is being comfortable in the water. If you have a life jacket and that makes you comfortable, the chances of you having a really good experience are going to go way up. So definitely, JB, use that life jacket and let me know when you get those vlogs out because I want to see them because everybody knows that's where I saw the octopus and got to play with it. And that's one of my favorite cruise creature experiences of all time. Now that really segues nicely into our friend York. You guys know York from the ship show. He sent me a little question and his question is, let me read it exactly so I get this right, York. His question is, which creature would you love to swim with that you haven't had a chance to yet? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bounce this over to Kimber first to find out what creature she would like to swim with that she has not swam with yet. Sea turtles. <laughs> sea turtles. Any sea turtles, specific species, you don't care, just give me a sea turtle and I'm happy? Well, I guess that's kind of a lie. Wait. What? You're, it's your first podcast and well, you're lying? Well, I, I did swim at the aquarium and there's turtles oh, in no, there. Oh, no, no, I don't think that counts. I think we're going to... I think we're gonna say that's okay. Like you swam with Flip, the big green turtle. Oh no, you swam probably Lud- Ludwig, the Kemp's Ridley. Or? I've swam with all three of them. Oh, I haven't got to do that because right. I did. I did the Heart of the Sea swim. Oh, nice, nice. Okay, well, all right. So, but you want to swim with sea turtles in a natural environment? I do. I want to see like a sea turtle swimming in the water. Yeah, that's not in an aquarium. I can tell you that it is a different experience. To see them in their natural environment is really cool, and it's a different experience. And it's like, I mean, I can go to a zoo and look at a snake, but when I see one at the park, I'm like way more excited about that. So, you know, I can see one in my house. I can see a snake in the other room, and, you know, I love that snake. But if I see one in the wild, I'm like way happier about it. So it's the same thing, I think, with uh, sea turtles. Is there anything that you haven't swam with? At all that you would want to swim with? Mm, how about manta rays? Oh, good choice. That would be cool. That would be that would be really cool. I know I did that whale shark swim, and there sometimes they see manta rays on those swims. We didn't see any when I was there. They actually the guys thought that there was a manta ray, but it turned out to be another whale shark. But that would be really, really epic. What about you? For me, um, there's so many things I want to swim with. One. I guess I guess the go-to one that's probably the most likely that I would get to swim with it would be some different species of sharks. I have swam with nurse sharks. I have swam with black tip sharks. I have swam with whale sharks. But that's really it, other than, like, sand tigers at the aquarium. But um, I would really like to swim with, like, I would like to see, like, a tiger shark or a bull shark or even, like, reef sharks, something like that. Like, just some different species of sharks that I haven't got to swim with. And of course, I mean, ultimately, I would love to swim with a crocodile, maybe like an American crocodile or something. I've I've seen people do that, not really as like a setup thing, but um, it does happen occasionally, just not as likely. That That's my answer. Good answer. And finally, I got a comment from Scott. And um, Scott asked this, it would be nice if you could go over Marine first aid, maybe in the future, like jellyfish, fire corals, stingray barbs, etc. 
Scott, that is a great idea, and that is probably one worthy of a full topic for sure. But the the long and short of it, let me just give you the the basic details. Like, if you are if you are in any kind of situation where you are harmed by marine life, stingray sting jellies. Uh, the best thing to do is to go to a professional that's there. If there's a lifeguard, if there's a boat captain, and they're going to know what you need to do. In many cases, you should probably get to a doctor because even though the majority of those are not going to be life-threatening, they may get infected or, or have issues there. So if you're in a situation where you can go to a doctor and get, get it cleaned out like a stingray thing or something, that's probably good advice. Um, but I will go, I will do that though. I like that topic. I'm not going to get into too much detail cause we're almost at an hour now. And that would take me like probably 20, 30 minutes to go over, but I will consider that for a future episode. Thank you very much to Scott and everybody who sent in those emails. Remember if you have an email question, story, comment, send it to fantasticcruising at gmail.com. Be a part of the show. All right, well, that is going to wrap up another episode of Fantastic Cruising. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, do me a favor, share the word, spread the word, let people know about this podcast so they can enjoy it as well. Make sure to go over to YouTube and subscribe. Head over to Facebook and join the Fantastic Cruising community for lots of good friendship and discussion. And if you want to help me out, one thing you can do if you have iTunes, go over there, give this a star review, and also Leave a commented review. That's a big help to me. Any kind of reviews you guys can give out there, though, is always going to benefit this podcast. Thank you again so much. All right, let's go ahead and say our goodbyes. Bye, everyone. Catch you on the ship side. And have a fantastic day. You're still here? Why are you still here? Well, look, I got a, I got a secret. You guys want to hear a secret? You want to hear a secret? I got a secret. I'm babysitting a dog. <laughs> That's right. Not just any dog. This dog's name is Olivia, or better known as Oli Bear. Now, Oli Bear is a dog that some of you may know from a certain Griff and a certain Alyssa who happened to be on a cruise and they didn't take the dog on the cruise. Which is really upsetting for Oli, but even more upsetting that they didn't take me on the cruise. I mean, yeah, I could have paid and went myself, but then I would have had to have gotten time off and had... Anyway, they could have put me in a bag. They could have put me in a suitcase. Griff has more camera equipment than Spielberg. He could have left one package at home and put me in there. That's all I'm saying. But we get Oli Bear for a, a week. So that's our little reward. So I don't know what you guys are doing this week, but we are dog-sitting the famous Griffin Alyssa dog. So while they are off on the Harmony of the Seas, she's looking at me right now. She's This dog, 
Oli is staring at me right now with puppy eyes. I mean, I guess she's a puppy, so she can't really help that. But she is looking at me just with forlorn. Is that the right word? Forlorn? And Anyway, they're on the Harmony of the Seas, having a group cruise. In all seriousness, I hope you guys are having an amazing, fantastic time right now. I'm sure that you are. But, you know, when you get back, we might let you have Oli back. We'll see. She's, I mean, she's kind of getting along with, with Reno. So, anyway, I, I'm done rambling. You guys have a great day, evening, night, morning, wherever you are, whenever you are. Have a great day. I'm going to go get my well-deserved ice cream cone. <laughs>